I want you to look as I pick up the story. You remember this boy? There were two boys in the house. One older, the older brother, he was obviously the firstborn. A lot of the privileges is firstborn. We won't get into all the details there. But you remember how the young boy came and he, and he said to the father, I, I want to leave home. I don't want this kind of life. Everybody's having more fun out there in the world. Give me my part of my inheritance and I'm going to go. And the little Jewish boy ended up in the hog pen feeding the hogs, the worst job that a Jewish boy could have, the detested hogs. But then one day he came to himself, the Bible says, and he arose and he said, my father's servants have better than I got. And he had spent all of his money. Now his friends had left him. That always happens. He found out that sin was real, it's brief, but it's costly. And it took him farther than he wanted to go. It kept him there longer than he planned to stay. And it cost him a whole lot more than he wanted to pay. But he came home. Now we have the fourth character. We have the older brother. The more mature brother. Let's just use for an analogy. The one that had been around a little bit longer than the first one. The one that was raised in the father's house. He knew how the father operated. He knew how the ranch was run. But his little brother, evidently he cared little about him, but he came home. And if you'll remember the story, if you've ever read it, when the boy came back and the father wanted to celebrate that, that the lost boy had come home, the older brother got mad. Well, let's just think about just a moment the responsibility that we have as the family of God. When we think about how we can pick up a story like this, it's a very simple story, but we can have some profound thoughts right here in the scripture as to where do we fit in to the story. You see, when he came home that night, he was shocked as what was going on. I will guarantee you today, as the word begins to spread as to all that God has done in the last few days, there's some people going to be in shock. Some people that chose to do something else and they miss God showing up. A guy named Thomas did the same thing in another story. I could give you some more illustrations. But the part that I want to bring out this morning is that those that are the prodigals coming home that there's a role that the elders, and I don't mean the elder by a Christian office, but I mean the older believers need to take heed of. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. In verse 25, it says he came home and he heard music and dancing. Well, evidently he didn't like either one because he said, I'm not going in. I've refused to go in. I don't know what's going on there, but I'm not going in. And uh, they happened to have some VIPs around, I guess, that were servants. Because the Bible says he went over to one of the servants in verse 25. He says he heard music and dancing. Verse 26, he went over and he asked the, the VIP, or he asked the servants, what do these things mean? That's the King James way of saying, what in the world is going on at the house? You know, I love parties, but I didn't get an invitation. 
You know, I love all that's going on. I like music. I like dancing. I like this. I'm, I didn't get him to tell you, what's going on at the house? I'm used to coming home, having something to eat, going to bed, getting a nap, going back out into the ranch and farming and ranching the next day. You remember what the answer was? We're having a real celebration. We're celebrating a lost one that's come home. Your younger brother has come to the father. He's come back. Your younger brother has come into the truth. He has found the light. He has made an experience that's taken place in his life when he realized I was wrong to leave. I was wrong to reject my father. I was wrong to go out and do things with those that had wrong motives. But I'm coming home. The scripture says, if you remember earlier, it says, and he came to himself. Let me read it to you. Now the elder brother was in the field. He came and drew nigh to the house. He heard music and dance, and he called one of the servants. He asked, what do these things mean? Verse 27, he said unto him, thy brother is come. Your father's killed the fatted calf because he's received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and he wouldn't go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve you. Neither transgressed I at any time your commandment. And yet you never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as thy son was come, which has devoured his living with the harlots, you've killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is yours. But it was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this your brother was dead, but he's alive again. He was lost, and he's been found. It's time to party. It's time to rejoice. It's time for everybody to join hands and hearts together and say, Now, where do I fit into this picture? How can my life be used to encourage this younger one that you've made the right decision, you've come to the right place, you're going to be surrounded with the right people and we're going to do the right things because we have a mission here and that mission we must perform. Whenever he heard the reason, I don't know how, he responded visually, but I've got my imagination, which I won't go into. But I know he was angry because the Bible says in verse 28, he was angry. And the context is he was very, very angry. Several years ago, I was born in Pasadena, Texas, and I was, uh, lived at 402 Johnson Street. In the 500 block of Johnson Street, there was a man that was growing up. He was a little bit older than me, and he had a brother that was a little bit younger than me. His name was Ed Bass. If you ever heard of Bass and Meineke, you would know that, that was the Ed Bass. Meineke, you probably heard of his mufflers, okay? But Ed was a hunter and a fisherman. His daddy was as well. I love that. My dad did. My dad and his dad were good friends. And Ed was a creative genius when it came to technology. He could work on engines, and he made an airboat. That was not manufactured. He came up with the idea of putting an airplane propeller on the back of aluminum boats and going into shallow water where the other boats couldn't go. And he loved to duck hunt. The best way to do is get away from all the duck hunters. And so that night, he had taken his boat, and Ed had gone out into the bay. He went to the marsh where he was ready to and did set up his decoys. 
But in the midst of doing all of that, technology wasn't what it is now. He had missed time the tide. And while he was in the midst of hunting, having a very successful hunt, when it came time to come home, the boat had sank into the sand. I remember that night when the call came to my father, who was the pastor, and it was just one block down the street and one block, uh, a block and a half down the street, that immediately they said, John, come on. And we went down. As we gathered, the members of First Baptist Church were all in the yard. They were everywhere. If dark had come, Ed was lost. Ed don't get lost. Ed knew the bay. Something had happened. The boat had flipped or something. You know, all the imaginations were out there. But Ed, being as smart as he was, the mosquitoes were out. It was early in the duck season, and the, and the marsh was infected with mosquitoes. They got all over him, but he thought of something I've never forgotten. I've had a chance to use it one time. He pulled the dipstick out of the, uh, out of the motor, and he took the oil off the dipstick and put it all over his body, and not a mosquito touched him. The next morning, as it was dawning, Without the technology we have to find people today, they found Ed. I'll never forget when they brought him into the front yard, the rejoicing, the partying that took place. Everybody been up all night long. You think anybody says, you know, it's getting late. I've been up all night. I think I need to go home and get a nap. No, sir. When they said Ed's coming home, the party got louder and more got involved because the one that was lost had been found. Folks, if you've never experienced being around people that are lost or and being found, you don't understand this story. But if you have, the lost are coming home. It's time to rejoice. It's time to praise the Lord. It's time to move away from all that others do. But the Bible says he got mad. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been around a Christian brother? And we could say sisters here too. Might as well be all inclusive in the sermon that have tempers? I would submit to you the meanest people in the world are Christians with bad tempers because they know to do good, they don't do it. That makes it even worse. They're not only angry at you, they're angry at themselves because they're guilty about, I shouldn't be acting like this, but I don't know why I do it. That's just my nature. Well, that nature needs to be put under the blood. That nature needs to be confessed. Our sins need to be forgiven again. You need to be washed white, okay? But, but the Bible says, you know, he should have been wiser. He should have been more mature. He should have been stronger, but evidently not. The father killed the fatted calf for the young boy. Notice this. He didn't feel, he did not go out and harvest a sick goat. The worst, the lowest, you know, well, you know, he's not much, you know, let's go, you know, a little bit of do him. He got the best one there, the best thing there. Why? Because he's safe and sound. And my son has come home. This is something to celebrate, and we're going to celebrate it with the best. But the older brother wouldn't go in. He was out there having a pouting party. It wasn't a very pleasant experience for him. But isn't it interesting? The father goes out to the son the elder son, and says, son, please understand what's going on here. Your brother's come home. Your brother is a new, new brother. He's a new son. Let's take him back. 
Let's receive him. Let's have a party. And we want you to be in the party. I want you to notice all through the story, the father doesn't get on the elder brother. He doesn't chew him out, put him down. And I'm not trying to do that in this sermon today. I'm reminding us who we are. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're here to celebrate together. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. And when one hurts, we all hurt. Well, these boys, if I could summarize quickly as I am, they were brothers. The father loved both of them. They were both his sons. But I want you to notice the shocking answer that the older son gave in this story. In verse 29, I want you to listen to this. Here's the way he answers, Father. Lo, these many years I have served you. Neither have I transgressed your commandments at any time. Have you ever read a, most, a more asinine statement than a child telling his father, not one time did I ever disobey you. Not one time did I not do exactly what you wanted to do. Either this man is a bold liar or he's got a loss of memory because he's really an older brother. He can't remember how it was. Folks, if you've been saved a long time and you used to be the lost sheep, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget how it was when you got saved. Now that you can quote a lot of scripture and you know where to go and how to do it and how to act, remember how it was before Jesus came into your heart. That's the way we treat the younger brothers and sisters. We receive them with the love of God. And then he says, Listen to this one. This is almost as food other. You never gave me a goat. Now, I just gave him a beef, filet mignons. And he says, you never gave me a goat. I can guarantee you that big old boy, and I see him as 275, six foot six, raised on a ranch. They had no telling how much cabrito that boy had been given <laughs> raising him up. He's probably eight or 500 goats just while he was growing up, if you know what I'm talking about, you know. And he says, you never gave me a goat. He said, son, where do you think you put your feet under whose table three times a day, you know? Where are you coming from, son? Evidently, you've been in the twilight zone. You don't even know what it's like around the father's house. I mean, you might need to go and get a little counseling, go to the psychiatrist or something because you don't have it all together at all. Let me ask you a question. Anybody here can say, Reverend, God never did anything for me. Anybody. You got a healthy body? You live in America? You got a dollar in your pocket? You got at least one friend? You see what I'm saying? How are you going to say, God never blessed me? Father, you never did anything for me. Oh, my goodness. If it wasn't for the grace of God, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Amen. Well, I got to close here, but I got to throw this one thing out in verse 30. It says, but as soon as your son was come, who's devoured your living with harlots, you have killed for him the fatted calf. Now, here's what I want you to notice, and you answer this question for me. Your son, who has devoured your living with harlots, how did he know? You understand where I'm going with this? How did the older brother know what the newer brother was doing unless the older brother had been out with the newer brother? I mean, with the younger brother. See what I'm saying? 
See, I'm doing the same thing. I was just over in the dark. You know, you were with the woman over there in the light. I was with somebody that's not my wife over here in the dark. And I was going to tell the pastor, I was going to write him a letter about that that I saw in the, in the nightclub or whatever. But the irony of this guy to come back and, and simply say all of this stuff, you know, you, you know he, he's done all this stuff. He's wasted all of his money. How does he know how he spent his money? You see what I'm talking about? He starts dreaming. Like a lot of things, times, that's what we do. No facts, just opinion. Kind of what I think it's saying is that's what I'd have done if I'd have been out there where he was, so I just assume he did it. And so he nailed him down. But you see, the younger brother had the sins of the flesh, and the older brother had the sins of the spirit, but we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Horrible attitude. Better than thou mentality. But the young brother came to himself. You know what happens when you come to yourself? You quit talking about everybody else and you say, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, that's standing in the need of sin. I'm the one that's getting punished. I'm the one taking it from Satan in this hog pen, feeding these sloppy hogs. But I'm coming home. I believe there's a father that loves me. I don't think he is anywhere close to thinking there's going to be a party. I think he thought if I come home, daddy will at least hire me as one of the servants and let me stay out in the barn, which is better than what I've had. But isn't that great? Did you hear Jay Louder's story? Have you ever heard uh, Billy Graham's son's story, Franklin Graham? Have you ever heard Jonathan Falwell's story? Have you ever heard some of the story of some of these folks that have really shaken the world for Christ, what they were before Jesus came into their heart? They changed. They came to know the Lord, and old things passed away, and everything became new. Well, the text ends on a good note. The Heavenly Father looks at both of them, and he says, come on in. We're going to have a celebration the sons come home. Now, brother, older brother, you know what to make the sermon, the, 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 the party complete? You come in. You come in and celebrate with us. You come in and get, quit your bias, prejudice, ideas, and put that beside you and come on in. And you know what? When we start celebrating, people are going to hear about the party. And the next time we get together, some others are going to come. And then some others are going to come. Because you see, when God is in a place, love is in a place. When love is in a place, forgiveness is in a place. And when forgiveness is in a place, things start over again. This is the first day of the rest of our life. But we don't know if we have another minute. We just don't know. So verse 32 says, and I close, it was right that we should make merry and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. You know what? When you just do right, good things happen. When people get right with God the Father, through Jesus the Son, as a result of the presence of the Holy Spirit, everybody in the family can celebrate.